0: If only the ball rattled around in the hippo just a little bit more. Maybe I should have gone through the gator's mouth instead of settling for a two. It's that time of year when we're recounting all the big aces and those putts that didn't have enough on them to land in the cup. We'll be talking about hippos, windmills, badgers, and metal cups on this episode of the podcast. I'm Tom, and in my free time, I enjoy music and, of course, mini golf. I go by the nickname Mr. T, and I'm half of a couple of putts with my wife, Robin the Pink Putter. You can find all of our mini golf designs, reviews, and more for myself and Robin at a couple acoupleputts.com and on social media at putts. We have a new site of all our mini golf hole and course design work at minigolfdesigners.com and new merch
1: at minigolfgoods.com. And I'm Pat, the co-founder of the Minigolf website and social media conglomerate, The Putting Penguin. I've dabbled in nearly all aspects of Minigolf over a 21-year career. And we're at the time of the year where my most competitive side comes out as I slowly make my way towards 80 career tournaments. You can find all of our Penguin fun by looking for Putting Penguin on all the socials. And while you're out there scrolling, don't forget to follow the podcast mini accounts as well. Finally, If you're in love with our fine podcast, make sure you're liking, subscribing, and giving us a great review wherever you choose to listen to podcasts.
0: And a friendly reminder that this is the official podcast of the American Mini Golf Alliance, the AMA. This is a newly launched group in 2022 of mini golf enthusiasts, including your hosts, organizing to bring together people passionate about the game of mini golf in all of its forms. Become a member for free At amaminigolf.com, and we'll send you a membership card in the mail. And you'll find an updated national rankings of people that have played in the five AMA scoring tournaments so far on our website, along with merch and info about the upcoming four tournaments for the AMA schedule that are coming up in September. And you can put one ready. And we are grateful as both the PuttCast and the American Mini Golf Alliance to have sponsors. And we wanted to shout out one of our sponsors, Putt18. If you're not familiar with it, and somehow you're not already playing in the league, Putt18 is an interactive and popular putting mat game that is played worldwide. It will improve your putting skills and makes practicing and improving your putting fun. And it can be a socializing thing. We've got to meet lots of people from all over the world. It's super addictive. There's a new season for the World Putt 18 Pro League that's starting September 18th, and if you're looking for ways to improve your putting and want some competitive fun, then you can just grab a mat and join the Pro League. Use the discount code Putt 18-10 to save 10%, and it includes free delivery from Australia. Just go to putt18.com.au, and just so you know, we'll be giving away some Putt 18 mats in the upcoming tournaments to some of the top putters at the Miniest Mini Golf Open and the Matterhorn Pro-Am in September. And you can putt when ready. We have all the mini golf things to talk about and we're gonna try to keep this succinct, but it's gonna be really hard because this time of year is just jam-packed with mini golf. So we're gonna start with the recaps. And just to let you know, the AMA now has five events in the books After having consecutive weeks with tournaments happening three weeks in a row, and then we had the O Street Winter Classic and the MC Mini Masters that had happened earlier in the year. And we're going to kick it off with the first event of the AMA August run of tournaments, and it was the main open at Tabor's in Auburn, Maine. There were 35 competitors that came together to play three rounds it's a harris design course that we had talked about and the winner of the main open was richard patrie who we believe but we couldn't find information to confirm won the spring fling as well at tabers so tabers is definitely richard's course i had the pleasure of playing with him in my final round in june at the odita tournament nice guy Really good putter, it seems like, and can really crush it at Tabers. He was followed in second place by Ken Daigle, third place by Ryan Minahane, fourth place by Justin Pelletier, one of the organizers of the main mini golf tour, and fifth place by Kurt Minahane. Kurt Minahane is a broadcaster and media person who's all over Twitter because Minnie's in his name. I guess he's a big uh, advocate, fan of mini golf. I know that he talks a lot of trash, but I'm glad to see him coming out and taking fifth in this tournament with some serious putters is no small feat. So congrats to him and to Ryan, who I assume is his brother. So the Minahane family is a mini dynasty in Maine. I don't know. (laughs) Is that a thing?
1: (laughs) We could make it a thing. It's not a thing.
0: But yeah, so that was the first one. Uh, We're stoked to have the main mini golf tour folks part of the AMA and this tournament. They do a great job having 35 competitors come out to a tournament is no small feat when they're at the most northern and eastern state in the country.
1: So good for you guys. So in the week that followed, we had the O Street $1,000 tournament. This was the fourth year of that tournament. The second time in a row is being held at Tea Time in Ocean City, New Jersey. This year, they had a whopping 58 participants in the tournament, which I think was the largest of the four years so far. It was a incredibly close tournament tournament given that it was only two rounds on an extremely ace heavy course that we've talked about before only three strokes separated first from 10th place so there was a lot of ties in the top 10 a lot of stuff that was bunched together and we saw a past champion justin seymour make his way to the top after an amazing playoff with uh,
0: Becky Trofa?
1: Yeah, that's a, I think it's Trofa. So, after an amazing playoff with Becky Trofa, who in the second round set a course record. Now, mind you, this is 19 holes of a 29. Unbelievable. It's bonkers. After bonkers. crushing the, uh, the previous course record, which was 31 set in the round before it. So, some incredibly hot putting. Um, that playoff went, what, six holes? It was really exciting. It ended on hole two with an ace by Justin, and he reclaimed that title there. He also had the aces title, which he also won in a playoff. So Against
0: some kid. he just beat up some kid on the he Gator. Beat up
1: some kid. The kid <laughs> I played with in, uh, was really good. in the rounds. Yeah, actually, he um, his first round was a 34, Matt Lynn, And he had so many aces. I was like, dude, you actually got a pretty good shot at the title. And he did have a good shot at the title at the end of the day. And he shot a 74 overall, which is really good for his first tournament out. So, hey, maybe somebody we can look forward to other O Street uh, tournaments in the future. And personally, I ended up in a playoff as well, a three-way playoff for fourth place. One of those competitors I'd played off against before, Holy Moly Champion, and he likes to remind us he's the only East Coast Holy Moly champion, Mr. David Biggie and Harrison Chipkin. We both all came in at 68. Biggie and I outlasted him Harrison for the first three holes, and then we also ended on hole two uh, where I managed to sink an ace where I hadn't the rest of the tournament, so I was pretty happy about that. So a very exciting, fun day, great tournament on the Jersey Shore. I mean, I really couldn't ask for more of a great, classical mini golf tournament experience.
0: And the scores this year were way lower than last year. I mean, it's wild that I had a 71 over two rounds, and that was like, oh, I was only... Yeah, was well,
1: 11th the, place, yeah. It was
0: 11th place, but I was three strokes off the lead. And when you're three strokes off the lead, you can definitely count every putt. Like, I wasn't joking in the intro about the ball coming out of the hippo a little bit slower, or... That stupid clock hole. The clock just kicked my butt. But, you know... I
1: mean, it, if Justin it, hadn't taken a five... Five on the gator, gator was he could over. Have been. It's like 62, 63 running away with it. It's crazy what those scores were at. Yeah,
0: they were, there were there were a lot of... I mean, it's a ace-heavy course. And so it's expected to get people to get low, but people playing it consistently well was really impressive to see... You can actually see all of the playoff videos via our podcast Instagram feed. I did a live video, I think, of the hole-in-one and the fourth and through sixth place playoff and the first place playoff. So it's a long video, but it was a lot of good drama. It was a lot of fun to watch and be there for it. And... I believe, Pat, you put up a video of Justin getting into the playoff for first, literally on the last hole.
1: So I took a video. I actually think I have the 18th hole to the dinosaur hole ace. He needed to ace out the last three holes to tie Becky, and he did. And 17 is not an. I wish I had a video Mm -hmm. of that because that is a – Looks like it should be aceable because it's straight, but it is so fast and it breaks. And he hit that 18 I figured he was going to get because the dinosaur is pretty aceable. I think we looked at the stats. It was like the third most aced hole on the course. And we were said and done. And then, yeah, the 19th hole, I mean, there's a lot of luck. And it was – Aaron and I were talking about it and we were surprised that – it seemed like there was a lot of aces, but there were only 24 on that hole across the whole tournament with, you know, how many ever shots people had on it's a hundred plus with 58 competitors. So yeah. So we, I was happy I got to capture that moment. Um, a lot of good excitement. And then we went into the playoffs. So some good videos out there of that tournament.
0: Well, and it, it's funny because that was the whole Landon Weiss who got in third. He had the ball come back on him on 19 on the boat and then got the ace on that. And it was just like, he gets that to go. And then on the Gator, he's one of the only people that I saw it went in the Gator's mouth and it did not go in the cup. Those were the two putts. Oh, man. Where the, where the, I played with him both rounds and I played at 34 the first round and was up by him by one. And then he was cooking He had, he aced between the end of round one and the first six holes of round two, he aced all but one. He was just like on fire. He, you know, and then he got to the Gator and he took a three, but he got it in the Gator's mouth on the second shot and it lipped out. It was the only time I'd seen it. And that was the difference in that tournament. I mean, when you have super aceable holes, you know, I look at my scores and I had, up until the thirteenth hole in the second round one three. And then I went three, three, four, and I aced out, and I still like the last two and I still ended up in eleventh. So it, it you know, it was tight and but it's a fun course. I I I have a hard time staying mad at any of those holes for as much as sometimes they get in your head. O Street thousand dollar tournament, yeah, it's great.
1: Yeah, I was just gonna say I think of all the stuff I look back on, there was the one hippo second round that bit me with a bad bounce. but like the other the other places I lost strokes had nothing to do with the course. It was just me putting like bad. So I can't complain.
0: Yeah, there was you know, I was t- Pat and I were exchanging messages and I was asking what his approach on a few holes were, and there were some where I was like trying to take a more conservative route and kind of regret it. There's like this dynamite hole that's like 13 or 14. And if you don't get it up, get the right speed, you can have the ball roll back on you a full few times. And it doesn't play an ace very well. Like it's a 50-50. But if you take the left route, you could get an ace, but it's way lower. So I played it conservative and got twos. I'm like, well, oh, if I get two different, if I get two more strokes, all of a sudden, you know, I'm in like a different category of the finish, but definitely play it again. It sounds like from what Aaron had said that they're going to do, continue to do the thousand dollar tournament at tea time. And we're grateful for it. It's a super fun course. It's probably the farthest outside of the masters that I travel for a tournament and gladly do it. It's, it's great. And if you're a mini golf fanatic, you can literally walk less than a mile down the ocean city boardwalk and find 15, 18 whole courses within a couple different facilities. So if you want to binge on some mini golf, it's the place to be. I guess we had our third I think we're just gonna breeze over. There was like a tournament last weekend in Farmington, Connecticut. Not much happened, you know, it seemed like no one showed up and, you know, I don't know. I'll I guess I'll let you recap this one, Pat.
1: Yeah, it was fairly uneventful. I mean forty one years. <laughs> It, that's event that's why kudos kudos to the course of running that for a long that's time that's amazing um this was the first year that that for a long time as much as i like the guys who own the place they ran the most frustrating tournament because it used to be three rounds over two days and they did it so that they weren't to need into their you know public play and everything but it was always designed as like a local tournament so it wasn't a big deal people got up a couple mornings came and played fine whatever this was the first year we played all three rounds one day um just went out there. There was no receding, played through, and we were up to 37 people, which was really good because last year we were down to in the 20s, low 20s. So we had a big pickup, and a part of it was, I mean, thankfully because of the AMA because we had quite a few of the guys who had just played in New Jersey come on up, some of them driving all night to sleep in the parking lot to play the tournament, which was insane. But hey, dedication to the craft. And we had folks from Rhode Island come over who had played up in uh, the main tournament. So I guess benefit of what we're trying to do here and, and spread the love. And it was um, it was a nice day weather-wise. wasn't too hot, a little humid. And this is a course, we've talked about it before, where if you can keep it under 40, you're doing pretty well because there's a lot of quirkiness to it, a lot of luck to it. Um, and thankfully I kept it under 40 and it was the only person to do so in all three rounds and ended up winning, which was a, I don't know, it, I shouldn't say it's unexpected cause I've won it two years in a row, but I practiced absolutely none at all, except the morning at seven o'clock in the morning when I showed up and played one round with a couple people before the tournament. So I guess the local having played that course, probably a hundred times, paid off there. Uh, Matt Lyles came in second. He was pretty close behind me. He actually had the lead right out of the gate, shot a 36, which is amazing at that course in the first round, Um, and just slipped in the third round there. But he had done well up in Maine as well. Um, And then... And he won Odita. And he won Odita. So he's putting really well. Um, And then our excitement there was actually a third-place playoff where we had our buddy Highlighter and Tim Janice, who some people may know as Eater X, a retired competitive eater who also had probably the most famous competitive eater in the world as his caddy for the tournament, Joey Chestnut. And it was insane to have those guys play. Wonderful guys. Tim played really awesome. He had, you could tell he had taken it seriously. He had like all his notes and everything. They went to a playoff. They had shot 121, which is, again, very good for that course, and went to 14 holes to settle third place. Um, the tournament does – they used to do an 18-hole playoff for first place. <laughs> They've cut <laughs> it down to – You told
0: me that. That is just – It's hilarious. insane.
1: You were, I mean, free mini-golf, great, but like an 18-hole playoff for – was essentially a (laughs) hundred dollars but um they moved it to nine holes and so after nine holes they it's sudden death and it was exciting um i have that i actually am going to try to get that 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 video the two parts because it was split up by an award ceremony because people actually had to leave because that playoff was going for so long um is on facebook and i'm going to throw put it together at some point and put it on youtube well i also have some coverage of the third round that I'll get up on YouTube that was also on the AMA Facebook page, which also includes at about the 1350 mark, a incredible slam dunk ace by Aaron Kaminsky on hole 11, which is the epitome of just grip it and rip it over a piece of water and watch it bounce around. And in some cases it will bounce directly into the cup, which I'm glad we caught on camera because that's about the only way to really ace that hole. So yeah, I was, I was excited. Um, to get you know, I think Justin stole his title back in New Jersey. I got my title back from Justin in Farmington, and we're going to have a battle in a couple weeks, which we'll talk about in Dolphin. But that was that was Farmington this year.
0: Yeah, and and the thing that I really love about those three AMA tournaments that we talked about is they couldn't have been played on three different courses. Tea time, Farmington, and Tabers look nothing like each other. Tabers is. Harris course that's pretty, like, more modern. Tea time is, like, a classic old-school novelty course that I don't think is as old as it looks. And then Farmington is an old classic course. And those walls, those walls are... Got some weird textures that the ball can do all sorts of weird stuff. And I remember it. I, I had a chance to play it earlier when we were out in Connecticut for the Odita tournament, and I was like, oh, this would be a tough course for a tournament, just... Lots can go wrong, and and you play throw off court, your game.
1: You play with course balls. Oh, really? Yep. You play because they want to play it. Their thing is they are Ugh. a classic miniature golf tournament, and they so they kept this tradition. You play with course balls, and you play with all balls in play. Which I noticed that actually helped me out on one hole. It was actually hole eleven. I was kind of stuck. I still had a shot at the two, but it was really long, and I got bumped up by about a foot and a half by being hit and you have the option to keep the new place and actually highlighter knocked in one of our um, group mates for an ace on one hole as well, just because of the way um, you can't move the ball when it's like a ricochet hole. And so it's just like, you got to, let it go. So shout out to, to Nina too, who had to play with Highlighter and me for three rounds and watched <laughs> all that go down, but she had a lot of fun and definitely improved her game and she went a lot too. So yeah, yeah, it's a, it's, it's three different tournaments, um, three different courses and then just back to back to back in August.
0: And the funny thing is, is the other tournament we have to recap is one that happened just a day before the main tournament in August as well. And that was the 20th Red Putter Pro Tournament at the Red Putter Mini Golf in Ephraim. I think I said Ephraim. It's Ephraim, Wisconsin, which is in Door County. And to give you a sense of kind of how remote and removed it is from everywhere else, it's like on an island, it is three hours north by car from Milwaukee. It's about, I think, five and a half or six hour drive. For me, for Minneapolis, it's a USPMGA-sanctioned tournament, although you wouldn't know by being there. You don't have to be a USPMGA member to play in it. All you have to do is, anytime after the tournament finishes on that year, up until the night before the tournament, you have to score below par. Par is 42. It's a kind of a fussy course with 18 holes, some that can get really tricky. I think everything is probably aceable with some luck. You can play throughout the year, as well. show Pat here uh, that you won't get to see. You get this magnet like this, where you get to write your name down and your score, and then they put it on this magnetized board that is up for the whole year up until the tournament. And then you pay $30 and you get to play three rounds on a Saturday, and this was August 6th. They have donuts to kick off the day. They have food and a lunch, like a chicken lunch with like, Potato salad and all that. It felt very Wisconsin, very Midwest. <laughs> there were 71 pros in this remote tournament in beautiful Door County that is heavily visited this time of year. And actually, if you're thinking of going, book your lodging early. It is no joke about finding lodging there. Um, but there were 71 pros there. And I was looking at the U.S. Open for the USPMGA. There were less people at that. Than this. So, this is like probably the second largest attended mini golf course next to the Masters. Great tournament. It's three rounds and it was dominated by a family that locals that had played it regularly. Matt Krause, who had won it before over three rounds, got a 106, and his brother Zach lost to him by one stroke with a 107. Saw those guys out there practicing and they're both dialed in. Nick Witerski got a 108, only two strokes off the best score. And the low round was the other Kraus brother, Nicholas Kraus, with a 32. He was five strokes off the lead. Myself, I ended up with a 116. I was 10 off the lead. That also put me in a tie for, I don't know, it was probably somewhere around 11th to 13th with Tim Talley, a pro who had won it last year, so... For my first year playing a course that had never played before and practiced, felt pretty good about it. There were some other pros that were there, Gary Hester, John Powell, and Jeremy and Abinet, along with Tim Talley. But other than that, there wasn't really a USPMGA presence. It's kind of an odd one since it's sort of out there, but it's one of the five USPMGA tournaments. Had lots of locals, lots of families that had been going there, grandpas and their kids, family members playing together. The Kraus family had like two or three other people playing in the tournament. It's much like Farmington. It's a cute, older course, probably built in the 50s or 60s. It has a lighthouse, an old little church, a big bear, a badger, a barn door that opens and closes, a big wind vane, a bunch of gnomes, a swinging log hole, wishing well, and a lot of challenging putts. But you know what? It's a long drive, but I'm definitely going again. The course is got an amazing vibe to it. They are doing such an amazing job of keeping the family tradition alive and going. Bob, who was the second or third owner of the course, who's sort of like the patriarch and is well-remembered on it. He had passed a couple of years ago and his daughter, Tracy, and her husband, Chris, lovingly run that place and are such great hosts. I had such a blast getting to know them in the course and they have all sorts of like little... Special holes like starting on hole 17 to play 18 for the 19th hole, like a locals league that I played in, and yeah, I just had an absolute blast. You can check out a course overview that I made on the Puttcast Instagram. I posted about August 4th. Get a little bit of a taste. Then I'm going to get a review up before next year's Red Putter Tournament over on a couple of putts. Huge fan of it, and I'll definitely be playing it again. And you can putt when ready.
1: And now we've got another shout out for another sponsor of the podcast and AMA, One Shot Golf. So, do you want to control real world golfing robots and compete against others daily? Well, then, One Shot Golf is the game for you. It's a skills based mobile game that puts you control of real world golfing robots, true to life esports experience. It's available in the U.S. and Canada right now on iOS and Android. I know I play on Android. I think, Tom, you play on iOS. So we can confirm, yes, that works. And you compete against each other in daily tournaments. There is a ton of different courses. There's some that are free. There's some that we play uh, that you pay for. We both play our free games pretty regularly, daily. Um, We have gladly also paid to play on some of them because some of them are really just fun. You can rack up really good points. They've got a really good selection of prizes that you can get pretty quickly. And one shot is helping sponsor the AMA season by providing prizes for the people with the most hole in ones. Hence the one shot at several of our tournaments, including both the upcoming Matterhorn international Pro Am and the miniest mini golf open.
0: Thanks one shot. I'm going to try to keep my, streak of playing i think i'm like 500 some days i'm hoping to hit 600 i realized that because it doesn't work in other countries when i go to iceland in november i'm gonna have to like figure it out maybe i'll maybe i'll give vpn (laughs) yeah i'll give somebody that i know that i trust my access to my account and be like just play my games these couple days but i I think i'm gonna let it die my streak i'm just gonna let it die yeah there's a ton of courses and, yeah, they're, they have so many now that it's hard to even talk about them in specific. I think both of us are playing Sweetie a bunch. Big fan of the, what is it, the Shifting Shapes. I don't yep. know why, but I really like that one a bunch and feel like I've dialed those in. But, yeah, check it out. Now uh, we're on to uh, talking about a couple of uh, AMA tournaments And I'm going to let you talk about them, Pat, because uh, you're familiar with a few of them.
1: Yeah. And I think before that, we briefly mentioned the rankings. They're updated on the AMA Mini Golf website if you go to rankings. But I think it's good to give a quick bit of rundown. And I guess it'll be self-serving a little bit for both of us. But hey, you know. I was going to say,
0: oh, do you really want to run down the rankings? (laughs) Who's at the
1: top of the rankings, Pat? Uh, Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It might be me and Justin tied for first. Yeah. with, That's
0: what happens when you guys win a tournament and stay in the top five.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I guess one of the things that this kind of proves out is that it's so far our ranking systems really is rewarding. Good play. Cause it's us two. It's uh biggie who's right after that, who, as we mentioned, was in that fourth place playoff. It did well in, um, the winter classic Matt Lyles, who we talked about right there, tied with third as well. Um, this dude called Aaron Kaminsky somehow comes in at fifth place and, and then you know followed by some i would say folks that we don't normally talk about David and Wendy Taroni um, both from New Jersey David came up to the Farmington course and you know didn't probably do as well as he wanted but he's still sitting in sixth place in the overall points Tom you're right there tied with Wendy at seventh which is pretty awesome and then we have Richard who we talked about winning up in Maine and then Tom Schweiss who we talked about Winning the MC Mini Masters, rounding out the top 10. So we've got all, we have all the winners of the five tournaments. Yeah. So all of the winners of the five tournaments.
0: Biggie tied for first, uh, first. with the winner classic. So yeah, all, the top 10 includes yep. all the people that have won. So, so far, rubrics working.
1: Yeah. We'll see what the next uh, four bring here. And so that brings us to the next four. The first of which comes up on the weekend after Labor Day in its traditional spot. It's September 10th and 11th. This is, I think, the longest tournament we have in the AMA. It's got 10 rounds, and it's the rechristened a few years ago after Lee passed away, the Lee Stoddard Dolphin Open. And it's the, I think, I believe this year is the 29th running, so another longstanding one that we have here up in Booth Bay. Harbor, or I guess it's technically Booth Bay. They're all kind of one big blob up there, Maine. Yeah. So we'll talk about these uh, these tournaments that are coming up. And then in our next episode, we'll do a little bit deeper dive, preview the courses, who we expect to play, et cetera, et cetera, like we've done on uh, the tournaments prior. So that's the Least Stoddard Dolphin Open. That's first that Um, over the weekend, the Saturday, Sunday. And then if you really want to spend some time up in New England for a whole week, you can then come visit us back in Connecticut for the Matterhorn International Pro-Am. We're playing that September 17th. That's going to be three rounds again. Uh, We'll have a special skins round afterwards for some players picked out of the pro division. We've got an amateur division there, too, if you just want to come out and, you know, drop a little less money, have the same amount of fun and, You just win prizes instead of cash. So um, that's a great one. We're in our sixth year of that as well. And if you are coming in from out of state, it's actually not that far from Matterhorn to Farmington, if you at least want to give that one a try on the side while you're in town.
0: And one of the tournaments that neither of us are super familiar with that is part of our AMA season is going to be the Branson Open. Happening the same date as the Matterhorn tournament on September 17th. This is one where it's being put on by the Show Me Putters, who put on a ton of tournaments. It's going to be at Coral Reef Indoor Mini Golf. We have it up on our page. Quick overview is that it is an eight round stroke play tournament, with first place getting a grand, second 500, and third 250, and paying to fifth place at 75 in addition to being an AMA Red scoring tournament. It's going to be a long day. I guess tee time starts off at 8 a.m. in one day, so it's going 8 a.m. to 4 p.m., and it's going to be eight rounds. I've been told that it's one that a lot of locals and people come to play in that are part of the Show Me Putters group, and maybe we'll get some more information from Eric who runs Show Me Putters, but that one's going to be the 17th. And then the miniest open... That happens at Lilliput in Coon Rapids, Minnesota. course that I grew up playing as a kid. We'll have our third annual tournament of the Miniest Open. And we'll have qualifying opening the longest we've had it open. We're going to have it start on September 17th. That people will play between the 17th and the 24th. And we're going to take the top 20 players to play for a two-round championship on the 25th of September That'll be the last of our AMA tournaments. Again, we're going to preview that later. And additionally, on a couple of putts, we're going to be doing a hole-by-hole walkthrough with some of the locals who play in a local league, talking about how they approach all of those holes. Coming up even sooner, and maybe we'll share this out on the AMA and podcast channels, a link to the video of this course, but the Shack Mini Golf Tournament and course championship. It'll be happening Sunday, August 28th. It's in Mannheim, PA. This is a tournament being run for the first time by Scott Klein, who's played in the Masters of Myrtle Beach. Really nice guy and wanted to really get something set up at his local course and we had offered him some advice and he's really run with it. We're super excited to see him run it. You really got to see the video. Some of these holes are really long. I think there's a numerous par fives. I bet, you know, I didn't count up all the pars, but it's probably in the upper 60s to 70s. And it's no joke. And it's going to be a prize pot that is shared and they have information. If you go to the Squeaky Bagel, you can find more information on that tournament. Strongly, strongly recommend going and playing in it. I believe it's near Lancaster, PA. So we're going to probably give a shout out to uh, Marty Van Grau and her family that does aj's mini golf to get over there and play and honestly i think that's enough for us right now because we're gonna have a ton more to preview and to mention in the coming weeks expect a preview of the masters and all sorts of other stuff coming up but uh yeah we got one more sponsor shout out before we wrap things up and it's for bertie pencil and scorecard holder lanyards we had those at the $1,000 tournament and we're going to have them at the miniest open and the Matterhorn tournament. They are inexpensive scoring accessory for those of you that enjoy mini golf and want to have a place to put your pencil and your scorecard that is convenient. They're sponsoring our season and we are super grateful to them. Hope you pick up one of the birdies at an upcoming tournament. Just find one of us. If you're playing at Matterhorn or at Lilliput if you want one, I bet Pat might even have a handful of them on him up in uh, the Dolphin Open. So thank you, Bertie. They had uh, helped us print our banners that you'll see at our tournaments, too, and we are very grateful for them. But uh, turn it over to Pat, and we'll wrap this one up.
1: Yep, so we're at time for Big Thoughts and Mini Golf. This past weekend at Farmington was a great example of where you can have fun but be serious about competitive mini golf. So as we mentioned, Tim Janice, he came out and he was decked to the nines in a real cool old school golf outfit. And his caddy, Joey Chestnut, had the full white PGA caddy outfit on as well. And at first, most of us didn't know who they were. And we thought it was you know pretty fun. The tournament's got a history of best dressed. Maybe it was a bit over the top. There's always the potential that maybe it was mocking what's happening. Because again, it's a miniature golf tournament. But we realized very quickly Tim was taking it all really seriously. And as a competitive eater, he seemed to have the right match of show and seriousness, which if anybody's watched the July 4th hot dog eating contest, you understand what I'm talking about. So it made me reflect that, yep, there's always room for fun in our tournaments. And we always have to be willing to accept new people, different styles into our group to make sure that the game continues to grow and expand. Amen. And with that, we're at the 19th hole. So until next time, putt one ready.